0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Who Writes This Stuff, a podcast that knows when to hold them, but the fold them part we haven't quite nailed. My name is Nick Flora. I'm coming to you live on tape from my house in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for listening. Uh, A couple things up top that I wanted to mention. First, thanks to everyone who's been very supportive and said really nice things online or otherwise uh, about the podcast. I'm flattered that people actually listen to this thing, honestly. And on top of that, they enjoy it enough to keep listening to it. And uh, that, that's really awesome. And I hope that you are one of those people. And if you are, I thank you. Uh, please keep telling your friends, Facebook, Twitter peeps, whatever. Tell them all. Tell them all about the podcast. Spread the word. It's really the only way that this thing will, will grow. So not that I'm not completely uh, content with uh, just you two people, mom and dad, that are listening. Uh, also, there is now a Who Writes This stuff Facebook group, if uh, you want to join that. And uh, topics are being posted for discussion, uh, some of the things we've talked about on the show and otherwise. uh, So if you want to join over there, that'd be great. Uh, Second, as you probably know, this podcast is free. Uh, We don't charge a subscription fee or anything like that, and we never will, honestly. And uh, I I do this because I enjoy it, and people seem to enjoy it as well. Um, and I will continue to do it until I stop enjoying it or people at massive levels stop enjoying it. Uh, but as every mobster movie or TV show has taught us, mm, everything that is free costs something and there are hosting fees and site upgrades and equipment costs and stuff like that, that are, that are involved with this, that, uh, I've, I've been more than happy to cover, but, uh, up until this point, but we seem to hit this point where, uh, Every time I post something, it kind of takes up more space on the on the server, and uh, we're running out of room. And I kind of have to buy a little bit more uh, space on there. So, if you would like to help me out with this, I w- would be more than happy. I have put up a little donate button uh, link on the podcast blog. That if so, if you're streaming this from the blog right now. You can can see it clearly. Uh, The URL is whowritesthestuffpodcast.wordpress.com. There's a link on the Facebook page and whatnot. Um, There's a donation link where you can throw a couple dollars uh, our way, and 100% of that will go to the podcast and keeping it going. And by all means, don't feel guilted into it, but if you have a few extra bucks laying around in your PayPal account or if you just want to kind of toss something on payday our way, uh, we will gladly accept it. Uh, And every little bit helps it's like a PBS drive over here every little bit honestly does help so anyway all that ugly money talk out of the way this week on the show uh, we have singer-songwriter Matt Wirtz stop by Uh, Matt's a guy I've seen around town some and our paths have crossed here and there but I didn't really know much about him and uh, I knew he was very successful at what he does He's been on tour with bands like Jars of Clay, uh, guys like Jason Mraz, Gavin DeGraw, Jamie Cullum, Dave Barnes, just to name a few. Uh, But he's a really great guy, and we had a good talk. Um, I think it was good. Was it good? No, I don't know. Well, you be the judge. Here's my talk with Matt Wertz. You know, before the internet... Yeah, well, <laughs> what? was that thing called that we, I, I don't use it every day, yeah. but I used to have like a thing in my wallet. Was that literally what was, you were trying to decide? Yes. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, was I was just I totally... was trying to think of a, a more, like a, I don't know, a more, a, a more impressive word to say than internet. Right. World Wide Web. Yeah. Information Superhighway. All the webs. All the webs on the world. The web. Well, just the cellular network in general, I was trying to, you know. Before you could save things and then never look at it again, yeah, there was a time where I had a I had everybody I had met like their number written down in my like in a scratch piece of paper in my wallet. Nice, you know, you know in case I I needed to use the payphone, sure, <laughs> or the house phone. We I don't even have a landline. I don't either, man. I
1: and I was a like I feel like I was a pretty early adapter to like the no landline thing. Really, and the people think you were crazy at first. Well, I mean. I How don't am think I gonna so. Get a hold of him? Like now, I'm kind of thinking about like I have these like really, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like an idealist, and so I have these like really grandiose ideas of like going back to just a landline phone, yeah, and like doing away with my cell phone and just having like a rotary dial telephone. That would drive so many people in your life crazy. I know. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> and we did it for so long, though. It's just- like, hey, I guess. I mean. I keep the same phone number, so it'd still be like my the number I have there. But if I'm not home, yeah, sorry,
0: you know, yeah. I guess email me or leave a message on the answering machine, or maybe not even have oh, not right. even have an answer. Oh I don't gosh. know. Just We're uh, going back like pre 1985. Now I
1: kind of want to just like do it as an experiment and see if it work.
0: You Why know? not? Cell phones are so disposable. Like you, can, you know, get one and like. A, if you needed to get it back, you'd get it back like that. Yeah, so and especially
1: crazy. if I use, if I, I wonder if I had AT&T landline service, if they could do like, if they could switch that over to my home line and then back over to my cell phone.
0: They would love you if you, <laughs> you know, they would. that wouldn't be, I, I don't know. I, I, I bet they could do that. I don't know. AT&T seems kind of rough on, you know, doing their job lately like I've I've had I have at internet and cell phone and I've had problems with it all day really but I think it's just weather related or anytime since we live such in cl- close proximity to uh, Titan Stadium uh-huh. every time there's a game like there's so many people in a confined oh, no space way. that our cell level just goes to zero we basically can't because everybody's using us. it yeah. there and then as soon as the like, crowd kind of dissipates like I'll get like three voicemails pop up or text just how interesting yeah I never thought about it, but there's so many people packed into that one space. that It brings it, you know, jams up the, the cell line. That is crazy. It's something I never experienced until I, I moved here, and it was, and it's only during like Sundays where there's Titan Games or whatever. Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> I heard that that happened at um, South by, mm-hmm. like a couple years oh, ago, and like, like no one's phones worked. Brought the grid down. Yeah, and they had like the next year they ended up bringing in all these like mobile towers. Oh
0: I, yeah. Wow, Which that's kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah, you play South by? I don't know. You never know. have. Uh-huh. That's that seems to be more of a. Would that even be your scene? How do you think you would go? Over not it really. It's not my scene,
1: and I mean that's just not my deal. Yeah,
0: Bonnaroo, not really Bonnaroo. No, that's not my thing either. I'm well, I'm not 19. First off, right? Like Bonnaroo <laughs> like, like and even South by Southwest, in a, in a way, seems like a 19 year old's plight. Like that's not my yeah yeah yeah. Like I want to see all those bands, but I want to see them in the comfort of the venue that I love. Like Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to the point now where and I want to go. To, I want to go sleep in my bed after I'm done watching. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to. Be, <laughs> I'm to the point where like I don't want to be uncomfortable to enjoy the entertainment that I right like, and especially now that there's so many different ways to enjoy entertainment. Yeah. You can kind of, you know, wait for that to come around. They're like, I don't really want to go and stand in 102 degree heat with a bunch of muddy people. It sounds awful. It sounds terrible. It brings down the experience. Yes. I I had my first experience with that at Rites of Spring at Vanderbilt. Yep. Years ago, maybe five years ago was the first time when I realized like, I mean, I was 24 five years ago, but it it hit me that uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I love Ben Folds, but I don't want to stand in the middle of, you know, all the people who are waiting to hear Bone Thugs and Harmony next, right? To see Ben Folds play, <laughs> right? It's not an enjoyable experience at all.
1: I- I'm with you. I did go see Phoenix at right to Spring. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. But I got there like right when they were starting, and
0: yeah, it was pretty. Awesome. When was that? When did they play? Last year. Really? I
1: yeah. missed that. This is
0: bitching. Yeah, Phoenix is good. Matt Wertz, thanks for coming to my house. No problem.
1: We're going. Are we recording? Yeah. Sweet. I don't even intro this mother. We just go Can ahead. I sit back this far and the, will the
0: mic yeah, still pick me up? You're good. It's it, a mighty powerful microphone down there. It is. It's fancy. It, it looks like R2D two. I know. It's not gonna lie, it's kinda why I love it. That's might have been a selling point. And T H X got the Luca, got the George Lucas thing on there too. Yeah, it's all sorts of nerdiness going on with this microphone. That's awesome. I think one hundred percent of the guests that I've had on, on here have, have we started out talking about the microphone. Really? <laughs> it's it's just because musicians by nature kind of have that tech nerdiness part of it too where it's like oh this is interesting what are you working with yeah. this is it like, <laughs> there it is yeah do they also mention your Back
1: to the Future and uh high fidelity no. posters
0: most people ignore the fact that we are in a room of pop culture oh man fortitude. it's like
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm surrounded by my, I, I'm, being, I'm being hugged by my favorite movies.
0: Oh my gosh, that makes me happy. Well, yeah. th- this is an updated version of what my room as a teenager looked like. Oh man, so awesome. it, much. Uh, it was it was a much more punk rock back then. Not like the style of music, but just I would just slap stuff on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like there, you couldn't see the color of the wall because there's so many posters. Like yeah. I had to be surrounded by the things that inspired me, kind of deal. It's awesome. But this this is kind of the vision I had when we got this room. So this is great, man. Yeah, it's just i I I'm glad that you feel like you're being hugged by a. Uh, yeah, by <laughs> pop culture. I, I saw on your Twitter that you mentioned Bottle Rocket. Yeah. You quoted Bottle Rocket or something, and uh, that's when I knew we were gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> because you never know, you know. It could it could be awkward and uncomfortable. I keep putting my water places that I don't. You gotta find your water, man. Oh my god. There, there it is, right oh. there. Oh. Yeah. Thank goodness. Find the water. It's such a big room. That, yeah,
1: that's it's... one of the, that's one of the the, the, the little <laughs> portions of. The podcast, find the, water. Find, find the water. I have
0: theme music for it and everything. We'll, we'll play over that. It's part. like it's kind of like circus music. <laughs> it's like yackety sax. Like yeah. <laughs> find the water. <laughs> um, people love that portion of the of the show. <laughs> but sometimes sometimes they listen. That's just what they the tune extent. in for. Yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. it's like the grand prize game at uh
1: on uh, the Bozo show. It's like the only oh the yeah. Way watch yeah thing.
0: Good reference. The grand prize game. I don't know if many people would understand what what of the Clown is. I'm surprised you don't have a poster of the Clown up. <laughs> I am too. Why don't Why don't I have one? There's only so much room, and uh, you know, there's. I had to I had to pick and choose, the things that most represent me, well. As I a, love
1: Steve Martin too, man. Yeah. I mean,
0: but people since I started doing this, people have started asking me, you know, like who I would most want to talk to, on a podcast. And it, Matt it Wurtz. Matt, and then second, is. Hoobastank, number three. <laughs> number three. <laughs> I would Steve take Martin. yeah, number number three, Steve yeah. Uh I would not even take two th- two fifths of Hoobastank, just the stank, part. just the stank. I just want the bass player <laughs> and the keyboard
1: guy. It's off the side yeah. of the stage.
0: <laughs> yeah, and their guitar tech. Like those are the three guys that I. He just he's not really a member of the band, but I'd love to talk to that guy. I want the stank. Give me
1: the stank. I want to have a band name sometime that can be. Shortened and then put the word
0: "the" in oh front of my it. Gosh, and the apostrophe stank. Right. I wonder how that passed. How did the label look at Hoobastank and say, "Yeah, we're not going to change your name"? Because so many bands that I've known over the years have good names, but their labels are like, "We're going to have to change that." But Hoobastank got through. <laughs>
1: it did get through. <laughs> They
0: must have just happened. Maybe they were just like, you know what? Everything you're doing is great. We just want to be on the Hoobastank team. We want to be on gonna... Team Stank. <laughs> team Stank. Yeah. <laughs> Don't change a thing. We want to be stanky. Just <laughs> <laughs> <We're> little stankers. <laughs> you know that's got to be there. They uh, wrote their Street Team. Oh my gosh, that's another phrase that I couldn't think of. Internet and Street Team. Those are those are my. You need
1: to get those down. Those are really important <laughs> things for this music industry deal. <laughs>
0: the Street Team is very
1: very big. Hey, yeah.
0: content is another one.
1: Content. Ooh.
0: Content covers too much ground for me. We you need though. content. That's very vague. That seems like an industry thing because it is so vague. They love that word. And so, if you come back with, "Well, I did this thing with," you know, "No, that's not what I meant." But you said content. Yeah. Content. Subtext. Was, social media. Oof. Street team. Internet.
1: All the... stink. <laughs> Write those down. <laughs>
0: the stink. that's all you need to that's know. Like, wow, that's four years of Belmont business. You don't need. Business you don't school. need a business degree. Yeah, I just saved you $80,000. Wow, that's amazing. And I think we're good. I think that's it. All right, cool. And we're done. Thanks, right. man, for coming on. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for music business lessons. <laughs> well, let's get into this. Don't don't be nervous. Wait, aren't we in it already? Yeah, we are already in okay. it. Okay. I have a few questions that I've lined out that I that I want to know about the words. I'm nervous. I just called you the words. Do you want to stick with that? Hey, let's go with it. Uh, the words. What's the worst that can happen, right? We'll find out. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself for that one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, let's start with something that's pretty easy. I don't want to my name's you. Matt. Yeah. what is your phone number? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty easy. What Social security you? number. <laughs> this is just for me. Hey, I'll edit this out. Routing uh, numbers for your bank. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We're you, right you there
1: gr- on your checks. Just read them. Huh?
0: I I uh, where did you grow up? I have two sources for this and I want to know what you. Have to I say. don't know what the answer to this question is. All right. Well, well, we'll dig deep. Do you want me to go on the internet? Because the internet has a couple opinions on it. I will tell you, it's not Laverne,
1: whatever it was. There's some Maryland. Laverne, Maryland. Yeah. I don't know where Laverne, Maryland is. Somebody on
0: Wikipedia is playing with you. That's what
1: I've changed it back to Liberty, Missouri, which is where I'm really from. Yeah. And it's been changed back to Laverne, Maryland.
0: See, that's what I thought. Like, just in general, I, I thought you were, because that's around Kansas City. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought there was. It's a suburb. It's a northern suburb. You seem like a Midwestern suburb. guy, not a L- Laverne Maryland. a Marylander. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be, but you, you don't seem like that. I don't know what Maryland is either. It's like,
1: it's not Northeastern, but it's not Southern. It's not Midwestern.
0: I need to have a map in here, too.
1: Maryland and Virginia <laughs> kind of confuse me. I don't yeah. know if
0: you're like, are you guys in the South? You're not in the South, but you have Chick-fil-A. They do. <clears throat> Technically, they are in the Northeast, but they, the people act like they're in the like southern part of the midwest like miss missouri in i guess well unless you're west virginia west virginia is kind of redneck yeah which is which blew my mind when i went there yeah I'm like this is northeastern because i grew up in arkansas which is really southern yes and then you hit you know you're heading to new york you get off at a <laughs> a rest stop and you very quickly get back in your car because people are scary.
1: But Arkansas is a different southern than Alabama and Mississippi.
0: Very true. Thank you for making that distinction.
1: It's a different deal. <laughs> it's
0: same as like Oklahoma and Texas aren't the South. No, it's more like Southwest, but it's in the middle. But they're in the middle, so I don't know. I think it's all about attitude. It's not about placement of the state. I think you're right, and because Missouri tends to be, I don't know. I think there are parts of every state that are. A little bit more blue collar, and a little bit, you know. Yeah, because there are rich people in every state. <laughs> they they tend to act more the way like wealthy people will act. Sure, um, like me exactly. Um, the wealthiest man in Liberty, Missouri. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're, you know, that's there. something.
1: Else. No, Liberty was a really pretty honest suburb of Kansas City, and they, you know, twenty thousand people probably. And, Oh wow. Um grade public schools and yeah you know every, but everybody kind of everybody kind of knew everybody and
0: yeah I don't know it was great what kind of a kid were you growing up in Liberty Missouri um I don't know I was kind of like what what group if we were looking at like a John Hughes esque cafeteria room oh what group would you kind of fit in I was like I was
1: not in like the the um the, co- the coolest kid group. Although, I was friends with all those people. And I may even sit at their table. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't feel super comfortable. I always yeah. kind of felt like I was like, I just made the cut. Right. Um, so you're like second string cool kid. I was second string cool kid, for sure. I was, and I was, Best friends with all the cool kids, hot girlfriends, <laughs> but yeah. they always dated those guys. Yeah, Yeah, that was me. I
0: I, I fit in. I
1: was as too. As well. I was like too sweet of a guy for them to be interested in me. Right, and probably not. Didn't have enough confidence to, to like ask him out myself. Right,
0: you're rough enough. You weren't rough enough around the edges.
1: Right for them, and I wasn't good enough at sports, and I also was too christian to like say bad words or tell dirty jokes or
0: or or like go to like party parties yeah deals
1: yeah so i was kind of like i was like neutered from ever being like really that cool in high school Mm -hmm. you know like all the different things that like give you a boost a leg up i just didn't have yeah so um and my, my parents like had enough money but we weren't I didn't have that either. So it was just kinda like but I but I like I was friends with gr- like all different groups of people and So you like, were just
0: average across the board. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean like interesting. I think I think people liked me and I, I got by, you know? Yeah. And I don't I'm I do not have any like major chips on my chip on my shoulder from like, you know, high school. When did music come in to play? Uh my first guitar was when I was fifteen. So I must. I think I started a little bit before that. My mom plays guitar. Through that, I kind of took interest in playing. And then when I was fifteen, I got my first guitar. Was a Gibson Marauder. It was an electric guitar.
0: That sounds awesome.
1: It looks like a. It's basically like a. What is it? It's it's a it's a Les Paul body shape, mm-hmm. but um, it's not an arch top. It's just like flat. It's kind of like if you were to take a like a Telecaster and make and like cut it into the shape of a, of a Les Paul, you know, but it had a flying V style headstock. Um, it had a maple fretboard. It was mahogany, mahogany body with a black pickguard,
0: guard,
1: uh, uh, maple headstock or maple, um, fretboard and like a black, um, headstock that was like in the shape of flying V. It's pretty awesome. That
0: sounds awesome. And the name was Marauder. Marauder. So that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that was my first guitar. And then like when I was 16, I got a, black Alvarez um, acoustic electric um, guitar Dreadnought and I played that until I was a freshman in college and that's when I sold that and then I had saved up some other money and I bought a Taylor 312 C so that was my first that was my first like legit guitar yeah and that's when I started writing songs
2: I'd be lying through my teeth if I told you that I'm okay. Until I came, I thought I had it all together. Until you said I need some space. Truth be told, I'm so hard to wait.
0: When I was um, Yeah, when I got that guitar It was almost like they just So from age 15 to freshman year of college You didn't really write at all? Nope you just kind of played Just played, learned Nirvana Program yeah. songs
1: um, Toad the West Bracket R.E.M. U2 yeah. Just like that was That was what I did and it wasn't, like, an identity thing for me. Like, people in high school really didn't know I played guitar. Um, so, well, it was kind of like, but when I got to college, it was a little more like, it was kind of harder to, it was harder to hide because you're in the dorm and you got, yeah. guitar, you know, it's like, there it is. And I wasn't really trying to hide it in high school. just, I had no paradigm for that being cool Yeah, or, you know. Where'd you
0: you go to college?
1: My first year, I went to Central Missouri State University, Uh and then I transferred to Illinois my sophomore year.
0: Okay. So... So you you turned into the guy in the dorm with the guitar?
1: I did, and thankfully, there weren't a lot of those guys back then. I mean, I don't know if I just... I just landed on the right dorm floors, but like, I literally was like the only guy. And I was definitely the only guy that wrote any songs or sang, or Mm -hmm. was trying to sing. And so... People just thought it was cool. I think they just liked me in general, so they, they I just got encouraged a lot in it. And so yeah. I just kept doing it and um I'm thankful because dude I could not sing a lick back then. I mean like my voice was so small and it was and I didn't have any control over it and the tone yeah. was awful and like and for some reason people just kept like encouraging me to do it and so I just did it more and and I think huh. as I did it more like I got better. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: And that's interesting cuz I don't I don't I think a lot of people don't realize that you aren't just born and a lot of people aren't just born with like a voice. Like a lot of people have to work at the way you work at playing a guitar, yeah. you have to work at singing the right way. And some people are born with it. Some people just sing the first time and you're like, "Oh my gosh, where would they come from?" Yeah. But, you know, it's it's some people have to work at it.
1: It wasn't born in for my for me. And my family like we're all like we all enjoy music, but like nobody nobody's like you know, prodigiously good, just like naturally. Yeah. So I think you know, I just had to work at it, mm-hmm. and I think my family was a little like, "What you're doing? What?" When I kind of announced that I was going to be trying to make a go at music,
0: because <laughs> what were you doing before then? Like, what was your I studied kind of
1: trajectory? In industrial design, which is like product design. Yeah. I, I would design this that microphone, microphone um, or that computer, or that internet. Oh yeah, it is on the internet.
0: It's everywhere. It is. The internet is the holy spirit of technology. Oh wow, amen. Yeah, let's pray. Okay. <laughs> Bring it in. Um, that puts a whole new spin on. It's that. everywhere. Yeah, almost. Um, I don't know where they. Anyway, tangent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was. Had gone to school to study, and and so it was kind of. It definitely was. A little bit, a little bit of a left turn when I yeah, that's not was really. Like, hey, I'm playing music. People like, you're doing what? Like Nirvana and
0: like, like you did at home.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think they would have. I mean, you
0: mean like Michael B. Smith? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Amy yeah. Grant was that the was a pretty conservative Christian household? Mm-hmm. You're saying. Mm-hmm. So that was the. So was a, a few people that I've talked to in here. have talked about introducing bands that weren't like that, that weren't like your contemporary Christian, into the household. Right. Like, even U2 at the time, or yes. or Toad the Sprocket, was that a big ordeal?
1: Yeah, it was. And thankfully, I had a youth pastor who went to the college. It was in my hometown. And, um, and my parents loved the youth pastor. And Sean, like, was great. and But he also, like, listened to, like, he was a big music guy. And he listened to U2, he listened to Total the Westbrocket, and R.E.M., and all this stuff. And, like... And he was the guy that like introduced me to you two, really, and like game changer. Yeah, totally. And and especially when I when I heard that like they started out they, they're Christians, so I was like, right. what? And it just made it, that justified that into the household, and and also just a lot of that music, a lot of the music that that Sean would have like introduced me to was totally. Just great music. I mean, Toad West Sprocket was, you know, awesome, yeah. and like there wasn't anything like super questionable about what the, the content of their. That's music. That's true. Was. It it definitely was the way that I rebelled, you know, like yeah. music. Music was, and I, I I loved, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins and Led Zeppelin and, and uh, Jimi Hendrix and I couldn't get enough of it, you know. And Pearl Jam, I was like way, like. I had a group, little small group of friends that like got the imports and wow, you know, we were way, we had way too much Pearl gym, like information, you know, <laughs> like we, yeah. I knew, I knew like the bands that they're in beforehand, you know, right. the temple, of the dog, mother, love bone, like all that yeah. stuff. And like all like, I mean, it was just kind of a, it was an obsession for sure. Um, that's
0: the time to, that's, you know, when you're freshman, sophomore in high school, that's the time to be an like a super music nerd into that. Because yeah. what else are you going to do? You're not driving yet. You just totally. learn everything you can about a band. And you actually had to really want to learn it back then because the internet was not available. And The funny thing is, is that there was like, this one guy named Dylan had
1: access to, I, he got on the internet somehow. Like, I mean, because there was internet, yeah. but it just wasn't like, media rich it was just a lot of text right and so he'd print out all this stuff and put them in these binders and like i had this binder of Pearl jam like stuff wow whether it was like guitar tabs or song lyrics or i don't know it was just it was pretty bizarre but i I was way into that and so yeah it was you know for a while it was kind of like keeping it hidden from mom and dad and Mm -hmm. then it was kind of like slowly like i got more confidence i'd you know try to introduce it to them Yep. man as a I've since you know as an adult I've watched some guys who are who are fathers like just how they how they do it do music with their with their sons and like I think the best thing I've seen is that they're just like I want to hear this band like play it for me like I want to be a fan Mm -hmm. you know like and just take away the shame of like music that's awesome it's really cool so I'd love to I, I hope that I can do that someday. I hope I can find some common ground yeah. like, musically with my with I feel my like there's a
0: bit of a shift I feel like especially with our with our generation as we become parents and like no, I don't want to be that way. I want to be like there's maybe maybe we we're, we're a bunch of band children, but we're like, sure. "No, we want to <laughs> Yeah. Like I want I don't want to be that way. I want to be very open to this like you were saying." Yeah. I don't know. I've really thought about it. It'll
1: probably be something else, you know. There'll be something else that I just, like, won't know what it's, to deal
0: with. Yeah, at what point... And what will be the thing that you go out of touch with that you're just like, uh, no, that's terrible, because I don't understand it. There'll be something. I mean... I know I have a lot of friends who have kids who just don't want their kids to uh, get into bad art. Like, no, dude, Jonas Brothers suck. Don't go there. Or, no, oh, don't watch Barney. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's yeah, three, yeah. let him watch Barney. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, 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 turn on this, because... You know, yo gabba gabba is made by the aquabats. That's or whatever, hysterical. Or something you know. It's kind of funny. But, that uh, really is funny. It's like snobbery. Yeah, it's like it's like we're raising hipster children. I
2: know. There's no need to worry. Maybe we could leave it behind. Most my troubles are self create. Just live in my mind Why do we try When it always ends up
0: can be categorized as it's pop music yeah essentially yeah and so where where did that kind of that curve come from from getting like liking all those bands like those kind of 90s grunge-esque bands and the harder edge to just this kind of softer yeah it was just growing up and just being like getting out of the teenage got over it man yeah no
1: uh (laughs) let's see Man, I think at some point, probably early, like it was either senior of high school or freshman year of college, was introduced to like that first Jars record. Mm-hmm. And then Cademan's Call. Yeah. And then Waterdeep. And like Bebo Norman. Everything that was happening kind of. It was of like, like acoustic, like hard on sleeve. College, the the, yeah. col- the Christian college. Uh, independent. Band, yeah, of, the grassroots mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. thing yeah. that I was like in that was it for me and then and then I remember in 2000 um, being somebody introduced me to John Mayer for the first time and I was like oh man I couldn't get enough of I just thought it was great I mean and, and prior to John Mayer I was like you know I was a casual Dave Matthews listener I wasn't like the guy that was wasn't like into Dave, you know, right. like. But I was... you didn't have like a wind dancer tattoo, or whatever that. No, is. yes, insignia is. I didn't have that, but I, I like, I had seen him, yeah, maybe a couple times. So I think, I think, like somewhere along the line, I just, I just connected with like this, the singer songwriter, you know, and I know. I, and I had a band in college, um, called Damascus Road, because.
0: Wait, I've heard of Damascus Road. Did you guys do anything?
1: How do I know that name? I don't know. You may you may have like stumbled onto our band somehow. I don't know. Did you
0: guys ever tour with the Normals? That sounds like a weird question. But no. Um, I, I saw the Normals on like every tour they went on. They're so great, man. They're one of my favorite bands. They're great. I love... Coming to Life? Coming yeah. to Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, that man. one changed uh, a lot for me. Because I wrote music, I wrote little songs, and then I heard that, and I was like, oh, there's another level. Dude, Black Dress? Yeah. <sighs> man. Yeah. But even like the deeper tracks on that, like I, I felt like I was, you feel like you're reading a a really theologically deep book when you're yeah. listening to it because there's I don't know. And, it's so it was so. And good. I'm good friends with Andy Osanga now, and just to hear him talk about it, he's like, oh, you know, we were just trying to sound smart, and I'm like, no, no, there was something to it. Like yeah. there's definitely something to it. But I remember how I got that record.
1: I was a senior, and I called. Third Coast booking agency was booking all the bands that I wanted to, that I would want, have wanted to tour with. Mm-hmm. And they were also like who I would want to uh, have booked me. And so at that point, I was, had a band, was knew, knowing that I was going to take a shot at doing this like mm-hmm. independently or, or as, a, as a solo artist Right um, after I graduated. And so I called Third Coast and I was just like, can I, can you guys, I mean, it was like, how does this work? It was literally like, how, like, how does this work? Like,
0: Is there an FAQ line you, that I can? Yeah,
1: but, and they're like, and I can't remember how it, can't, it shook out, but essentially at the end of the day, they're like, well, you go to Illinois, like, would you ever want to put on a show? I'm like, sure. And so they just sent me press kits for Bebo, for yeah. the Normals, for Cademan's, and so I got these CDs for free. I'm like, sweet. I yeah. mean sure. Like (laughs) I should call you guys again. Yeah. So
0: that's how I got the normal CD. Oh wow. They just sent you a press kit. Yeah.
1: And I, and I just wore that thing out. Yeah. But I think it's hysterical because like desperately just wanting to like them to, you know, yeah. Book me. And then it's funny. I moved, I moved to town and probably was here, was doing my thing for about a year. And then, you know, I get, I start getting phone calls from, from them. You
0: know <laughs> and uh, I was like, huh? Dealt with. I've booked bands, like, I've been the promoter on the other side of it too, and mm-hmm. I've talked to all those guys before. Yeah, essentially doing the same thing. Like, how do I get in a room with these people that I, you know, yeah, aspire to be? Because mm-hmm. I just want to ask them really dumb questions about how they do it. Yeah, it's just not a completely different from what I'm doing here, that's <laughs> exactly what you're doing. <laughs> but here. I'm kind of just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but in an, on a different level. Uh, that's interesting. So, what did, how did Damascus Road? kind of dismantle and you realize like i'm just going to go out on my own instead of
1: i asked the guys if they wanted to like give it a shot after we graduated and and nobody else was like one do it uh-huh. um there was um i had a, a an electrical engineer playing bass mechanical engineer playing drums um the other keys slash guitar player was um an industrial design guy who was going to get his MBA. Wow! So it was just like all these guys were a lot smarter
0: than me. It wasn't obviously. like a philosophy major and a no, we were English we were major. all we were all like everybody everybody was like really smart. Yeah, and they're like we could have a job like next week that
1: pays a lot. <laughs> we'd, money. We'd,
0: we'd rather not sleep on people's floors and
1: <laughs> so I was the only one dumb enough to do it. And and honestly, in hindsight, it's like one of those things that it, it, initially I was like kind of like it kind of hurt they didn't want to go do it, but I just see how God was kind of taking care of me. Cause there's no dude making a band work is
0: next to impossible. What was the, the next step from there? Like wh- where, what were the kind of the first places you started playing? Well, the next step was, was deciding like
1: to record a, a record on my own. And, and I recorded that with, um, the guy that helped us record the Damascus road record, Steve Wilson, who coincidentally was my young life leader in high school. Okay. Um, and and the reason why I kind of like started writing songs and I mean because I was just kind of watching him what like mm-hmm. he did with his band, and so um, he had moved to Nashville and so I came down here the spring break of my senior year and we um, and I had some songs and and we got the basic tracking done on those tunes and then I just kind of left him with him and he did all the like extra like guitar stuff like yeah. the, like the hook type things. Um, and any kind of harmony stuff that needed to happen, like he did all that while I was in school, and then by the end of the semester, you know, it was ready to. I did the artwork for it. I I was, you know, still good with Photoshop and, and Page Maker and Illustrator and everything. So I did the artwork, and by by the time it was, I was graduating. I had like in deciding to record. I also kind of got set up with some Young Life camps to play that summer. I, I was really involved with Young Life all through high school and then in college I was a leader. And At camps they have a, mu- a special musical guest a lot of times mm-hmm. that's there all week and kind of plays a song, an original song before the, the speaker um, gives his talk every night. Right. And so there's like this kind of like another avenue for people to connect with the messages going on. And so I got hooked up with with two different months of that in the summer. And so that kind of like solidified like, okay, I'll probably be able to pay this off yeah. by the end of the summer. And, um, so, so that, that's kind of what gave me the green line to, to go for it. The CDs like arrived at camp like midweek Wow that, that first week. Um, and I think by the end of that first month I had paid off, I'd like made enough money to pay off, um, Steve and pay off my parents they'd give me a loan to get the first you know thousand CDs printed and
0: And the response was good Like the great
1: response I mean I think people just liked um, I just spent a lot of time with kids and I think if people like you yeah then they're gonna make allowances for your music if it's not that great that is very true and so a little bit
0: of a leeway there yeah
1: so I, I really I think I really like benefited from that a lot there was kind of this like insulated padded like
0: i had just a lot of grace early on Mm -hmm. um which is good when you're first starting something that potentially scary to have that kind of push and that much enthusiasm behind it because you can be like okay well i had this thought to do this thing that this original thing that i haven't really tried before you know and at least there's some sort of I i wouldn't
1: have been able to do it like if there wasn't that enthusiasm and like Encouragement. I, yeah. I, I would I would have gotten disillusioned very quickly, and I would have probably been like, been oh, like well, "This isn't worth it. This isn't worth it." I'll, I'll just go get a job. You know. Yeah, because you have the degree. You have that degree,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever done anything with it? Nope. Do you when you write, do you write for a specific purpose, or you just do you sit down because you need to exercise the muscle? It's um, as I
1: have progressed in my career, unfortunately the writing because I just need to do it has diminished and it is become more of an act of like willpower to, to sit yeah. down and write. Um, now over the last year I've begun like doing more like co-writing in town, like mm-hmm. for maybe like for songs to be cut outside of myself. Yeah. and um, that has really been a good exercise for me to, um,
0: to like, to, you know, practice, to like really work that muscle. Yeah. And, um, and it's in a different way because you have to kind of think in other people's voices. And, well, <laughs> you, you could think that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't write that way. I, really? I just, I just kind of keep writing whatever makes a song good. Yeah. Like, instead of focusing on like the, the spin that you have to put it on.
1: Yeah. I don't really do that because I'm not, a good, way to think about I'm not it. good at it. And so I just kind of do, I mean, granted, I haven't had any cuts yet, so it may not work, but, um, I have like just kind of written songs, you know, and some, some of them are like songs that I would want to sing and some of them aren't, you know? Um, but most of the time it's fun, you know, just like being creative and making something new.
0: It is, it's true. Along the way with these, with your kind of full length, I guess, as we're talking about, um was there like a specific song or like certain songs on each record or, or a record, uh, specifically of yours that when it came out or when, you, when you've heard the finished product, you kind of nailed you as an artist, like, Oh, this is who I am. Like, or that, that, that represents me really well. Oh, okay. Cause you were always kind of trying to like, what's the best representation of me. Right. And it doesn't always quite get there, but was there kind of that moment? Are you still looking for that <laughs> even maybe? No. That? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I can say, I mean,
1: I think it'd be easy for me to say what songs have nailed me in other people's eyes that like, Oh, when, other, said, when other people hear it, they're yeah, like, that's Matt. That's Matt. Or like, I feel like there's a very small grouping of songs that the majority of my fans are like, that's who I am. And if I, mm. if I write outside of that, it's kind of like, well, that's not him.
0: That's interesting. And, yeah. and
1: that songs like, everything's right. Carolina. Mm hmm. Um, 519, those songs, or like, you know, even like, A Sweetness and Starlight, or like Did you have a, any
0: idea when you were writing that that those were gonna be, like when you're done with the song, where you're like, oh, I think this is gonna be one that people are gonna attach on to, or, or, mm, uh, maybe attach with me, or, um, or are you just kind of writing and you never know? You kind you're writing and you kind of never know, I mean, a lot of times, I don't
1: really know until you get in the studio and you hear it kind of come to life, and you're like, oh. Because I'm not very good at like, Listening with the producer's ear, I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, that's that's why I really need yeah. somebody else in yeah. that in that um, position. So I don't really know until I like, I get in there, with Carolina specifically. Like I wrote that song I was like, I don't like this song, you know. And I, but I but like I played it for Ed Cash was the guy who was producing mm-hmm. that record, and he was just like, you gotta record we gotta record that song. And we we ended up like shifting the phrasing of the verses a little bit. So. I think originally it was like Tennessee
2: January everything's is ordinary and,
1: and he was like he kind of shifted it so it's like Tennessee January a little more like yeah. it almost feels like Third Eye Blind a little bit like yeah, a little the, bit, the, yeah. the, the phrasing of like a, it, it kind of became a little hookier just mm-hmm. the way that it was the verse was sung um, and I'm so glad that he pushed me on that because you know I love to play that song and it's like yeah and I feel like yeah, songs like that end up kind of like being thing
2: Tennessee January everything ordinary you're unlike anything I see is it how I really feel or just another heart still to feel the song that's underneath yeah.
1: It it is tough because, you know, I I put out this EP called While We're Becoming um, in 2010, and it was, like, a real, like, kind of stretch for me creatively, and I was, like, kind of going out on a limb and wanting to make something that was a little left of center. Yeah. It didn't connect on, like, a... I don't know. It might have been because of an EP, too, but I I feel like people were kind of like, well, where's the, where's the, like... Everything's right. Where's the where, where's yeah. the up tempo feel good fun song? Right. Turn out like p- p- like where's the
0: summertime? Like, where, yeah, roll the windows, roll down, windows down.
1: down like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I feel like that's what that's what people, um, my fans like, yeah, expect or want from me. A lot of times, I, do I feel you, like that's do you what, let
0: that inform like what is it hard to get that out of your head? It do is. You let that inform like when you're writing like oh people are gonna want to hear. This, it's be- or-
1: and it really it really like affected this last record too because I realized like okay it's been five years since I put a full length album out like I need to I need to deliver something that's like that people are going to enjoy you know mm. so I can't be with this thing I can't be too off right. the map you know I, I, I need to I need to like
0: you want I, to take them on a journey but you don't want to take them so far they're like where are we yeah <laughs> they don't recognize the surroundings
1: totally and, and honestly too it's like I you know I'm, I'm kind of you know those those songs are home base for me,
0: anyway. So it's it's not like. Do you think that just comes from years of just doing it, or, <clears throat> or you know, I also didn't record the
1: songs that we I co wrote, and they didn't come freely. You right. know. So I, I I kind of chose ones that that felt pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was nice because I I had years at you know several years of. Songs that to choose from, and I'd say about half the record was you know, smattering of over the last few years, and then half of it was you know, within a few months of like, okay, I've got a record to write, yeah, you know, yeah. So it was nice to be able to have like songs like Someone Like You that was written in like 2004, probably, and then and then songs that were like, um, Somebody's gonna Love You that were written maybe you know, a couple months before. We went to the studio or something like that. There's there was
0: seven years of of life that were kind of represented yeah. there. you know that's interesting because you never know, especially a point of view. You never know what's gonna stick. Like you know songs. That, I mean songs that I wrote like two years ago. I'm like I don't. Gosh, I don't feel that way now. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, that was really whiny. Like I don't want to put that you know i know i've seen like such an uninformed like little kid in that like you know at the time i just needed to get it out you know i'm like that doesn't need to go on a record yeah (laughs) like that that's for my own and hopefully i don't you know become super famous and then die and everybody wants to hear it (laughs) um hopefully it's the other way around wait what yeah i don't know uh how do you handle rejection that's kind of a very vague question no it's a good it's a good question Hopefully you can go through and edit out the silence. Oh yeah, that always it, it gets edited down.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I want both of us to seem really, really cool. So <laughs> Sweet. I put James Earl Jones' voice on you. <laughs> He's the Samuel, filter. Samuel L. Jackson on me. Does it come with the microphone? Yeah, yeah. It does.
1: <laughs> the soundboard. Yeah, every Every Star Wars character is like right there. On it's the true.
0: <laughs> Whether it be some random person on the internet or somebody uh, that you genuinely like, I don't know. Because that's a thing that constantly comes you know in the business that we're in there's there's always naysayers and like do I don't know like do you do you let it get to you or is the span that it that it affects you shorter shorten the kind of thicker your skin gets or i think rejection is tough i think the reason
1: why it's like really hard is because deep down everybody question everybody like is unsure of like if they're legit or not Mm -hmm. so when someone like points something out you're afraid that like that they're right I mean I think that's the reason why rejection is is so tough um because they're like putting their finger in the wound and you're like
0: oh crap they can see that like even if they even if they just said it to be mean just and there's no you know credence to it it's just they said it they're like wait they see that that is yeah, I never thought about that. that, that is I think mean,
1: that's the reason why people get so, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm more just like they might be right. You know? They might be right. And that's gotta be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? It's the stuff that is like they where they just nail you on it. Like one like one of the reviews on my new record um on iTunes was the, the title was Stuff uh Middle School Girls Like. And I was just like, uh <laughs> I mean and I was like is that what I'm doing is, like, that, what if, thinks, is that what everybody thinks and is that what everybody thinks and am I like intentionally like trying to keep things there you right, know right? and it was like they it was like they knew my weak spot and I were like jab oh. right there and I was like man and so I mean I, I just like called some friends I'm like dude like are they reading my journal? You know, like how do they, how do they know like that this is like a total like insecurity, you know? And, but it's so, it's just different every time, you know, like honestly, I've been like a lot more, I've just been like kind of
0: detached from reviews and, you know, Google yourself often. I don't know. (laughs) That's probably smart just in general because people have no problem saying moronic, insensitive, judgmental things on the internet, no problem. Any YouTube comment section is just, for every three compliments, even if there's like, you know, 37, this is great. The one guy that's like, nope, this is dumb. Yeah. That's the guy that I, that's the one that I hold on to. Sure. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people think it's dumb. And I think you're right. It's because we, just as people, but definitely artists are more privy to the, to being uh, sensitive about, you know, our shortcomings and like our constantly being scared of, uh, our legitimacy being unveiled. Yeah. (laughs) That that we're like, maybe this guy knows, maybe this guy's right. You know? Yeah. So I don't, that's such a weird, I never thought about that way that maybe that's why we hold on to, to the negative comments so much. Well,
1: and we're like so desperately trying to, I mean, create this facade that like we, we are like impenetrable and that you know, we're, confident and all this stuff, mystique and all that and so (laughs) like when something when somebody like makes a comment like that that it like breaks through and you're like oh man like this isn't this whole like smoke and mirrors thing isn't working and they can they can see they can see into like this really deep insecurity and fear that
0: i have that you know and the worst thing you could do i found is is to uh give it any kind of power by responding to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. on the internet, like responding to it in any form or fashion. Uh, it's not just to your like buddy or to your you know confidant or somebody yeah. to your girlfriend or somebody you trust to be like, Oh, this kind of bummed me out. Like, well, they're dumb. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. You just counteracted that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and people can have their own opinions, man. I mean, like, that's true. No one like, like dude, not everybody likes my music. And, and, like, they
0: never will. I mean... Does that not bum you out at some level, though? No. Because I, I struggle with that. Dude... Or I struggle with it the less older I get. Yeah. it definitely was there for a time.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you like every... Do you like yeah. every band? No. The there wide, are bands
0: that I love that I only love a couple of the stuff that they do, but I love... You know. So, you mean, you're,
1: you're putting, like, a standard on other people that mm-hmm. you don't hold yourself to. Mm-hmm. Or that you can't live up to yourself. It's like, man, it's just it's just the reality. I mean, people get older and their tastes change. Like there's bands that I was really into when I was younger. I'm not into anymore. It's like, it's just the way that it works, you know? And I think at the core of like where our fear comes from is that we're not loved, you know, that people that like, we're not loved and we're not going to be taken care of. And so the, the, the more I'm like believing that like at my core, I'm just not loved. The more I'm going to like desperately need, for things like you know that t- to like yeah. fill me up yeah. you know but if I'm o- if I'm okay then
0: you know your validation has to come from somewhere else it can't come from the love and appreciation of strangers yeah <laughs> or just you know like the crowds the masses quote unquote whatever. yeah yeah that's definitely a that that would say that's a big lesson like don't find your validation in or don't let that completely sway you because there will be days where people don't like you or, you know, or a, a person won't like you or that, that'll be every day, maybe. Yeah. Um, or people won't respond to you. Like they just, there'll be nothing. Like you'll put yeah. something out there and there you won't hear anything back immediately. You'll sit and refresh your iTunes standings or whatever, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh, you know, that, I don't know. That's such a shallow thing, but it's a thing that I find more and more like artists kind of struggle with, you know, every day is different, but there's that kind of like, you know, up and down. Yeah. Period. Anyway. Uh, all right. We've come to the end of the road. It's time to poison them in this mother. Yes. Uh, I have a couple of questions. This morning I tweeted out to see uh, if people had any questions for you, for me to ask. And there are a couple. Okay. And they are doozies. Oh, great. Uh, <clears throat> no, not really. Uh, Anna Mikalovsky, which is an awesome last name. Awesome. Uh awesome. Wanted, wanted to know... Oh yeah. Uh, what is the biggest thing you hope to be known for in ten years, so a decade from now, in terms of making a difference through music?
2: Hmm. Well. Wow.
0: I'm glad that I clarified what ten years meant.
1: Uh. <laughs> I hope that I'm known for writing songs um, that that give people hope, just kind of just through hearing that like they're not alone in in a certain thing. I think what made me want to write songs in the first place was hearing songs that, like, I really may have been like the first time that I, like, you know, as a teenager, I heard, I was like almost given permission to feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Especially in like a conservative Christian home where I I felt like everything had to be like perfect all the time. It's like all of a sudden I'm hearing somebody else say something. I'm like oh, like that's okay. You know? And like, you feel that way.
0: And so, yeah. Hearing another, another a, a similar like opinion that you have, but maybe having voiced come through your speakers. Yeah. Thing. And, and said in
1: a way that's like, yeah, that's it. That's me. You know, like I hope that, um, that people have been given hope through hearing one of my songs. Yeah. That's, that would be the best thing I think.
0: Yeah. And that connection and all of that is just like, like, you can't ask for anything else. Mm-mm. I mean, if you put something out there that, you know, is personal and and means something to you, and then somebody else throws it back and says, yeah. I mean, that's really all you can ask that's for. That's huge, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely definitely it. This this next one, which we'll, we'll close on this one, uh, is a pretty big one, too. And it's something I was curious about. <clears throat> uh, Holly Freeze wants to know, when will we get Hoverboards Back to the Future 2 promised us we'd have in twenty fifteen. When's that gonna happen, Matt Wertz? Was she listening? Uh or no, she yeah, could this have been is live. listening. I was gonna say. <laughs> no, I know. How does she know about hoverboards? Uh she's actually a friend of mine and had never seen Back to the Future. Uh huh. And I loaned her the trilogy this week and I think she she just watched them so it's on the brain. Nice. Probably.
1: Man, I don't know, but did you did you grow up hearing about like the rumor that it was like Hoverboards used to be in stores and like the mo- like the moms association. Oh no, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, I mean like they took it out. They <laughs> took it out because they were they were dangerous. So like, oh yeah, hoverboards. I mean literally like when I was a kid, I was, like yeah, they used to have them at like KB toy stores. You know, no way. But like maybe that was the moms. The- it was like this amb- <laughs> ambiguous like the moms like like moms what mom? America but then like moms of America. Yeah, like. M.O.A. You know, like, they they got them removed from stores because they were dangerous or too much fun, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but man, hoverboards would be so I don't sweet. know how they're
0: more dangerous than, I mean, I've never been on one, but more dangerous than actual skateboards. It's I know. A, a, kind of the same thing, only, you know, you're hovering. I know. I want a hoverboard so they bad. They do go on water for a second, though. Maybe that could be dangerous. They do. It's such a, maybe that was just a Liberty, Missouri thing. No, I talked to other people that Marilyn. were like, "Yeah, it was it was definitely the <laughs> Maryland thing." I have talked to other people who are like, "Yeah, the moms." I'm like,
1: "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but
0: you know, I will be I will be the first in line when the uh, when hoverboards become, yeah, for sure. It's got to happen. And jetpacks. I feel like any day now, Apple's going to release both of them. <laughs> what well, if that yes. was the next thing? What if like they were just like, "All right, we're done with with media." We're just gonna we're gonna give you jetpacks, recreational and recreational things. For, yeah. yeah, for the next five years, we're gonna release different forms of hoverboards, jetpacks, and like personalized space shuttles. Oh my like, gosh, that's what we're gonna do.
1: That'd be amazing.
0: Uh, Steve Jobs, you know, would he would get elected president immediately? Like he, it, oh my gosh, I think he'd get elected president like now. It's true. He already has more money than we than the than the country. That's, that's crazy. Uh, that's insane. God. Oh, my gosh. Dude. Man, thank well, you well, for having me yeah. man. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for coming on yeah. and doing this. Great conversation. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Matt. He's a good chap. That old Wurtz. Anyway, if you would like to check out Matt's music, you can do so on the internet. Believe it or not, at mattwurtz.com or on Twitter, he's at mattwurtz.com. Uh, and then he has a Facebook page which has like a bajillion likes. So go ahead and be bajillion in one. Uh, anyway, also if you would like to get a hold of us, you know how to do it. It's who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com or at who pod on Twitter. And uh, also if you want to leave iTunes feedback on the iTunes, uh, that really helps us out uh, as far as iTunes standings and all that junk goes. Uh, and it kind of helps a, a little bit more exposure the more people who uh, leave positive feedback on, on the iTunes uh, page, I guess. it's Yeah, we have our own page. So if you want to go there and leave something positive, uh, iTunes tends to look at that. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us, um, and we'll be back next time with more Who Writes This Stuff. please, on me, this time, for real. Have a good week.
2: Anytime, any day.